Welcome, welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz from Journey of Possibilities, and I just love having these weekly, unscripted, heart-centered, conscious conversations. What makes this show special is that we look at how these people awakened, what was going on in their life, how did their shift take place, and what are they doing since then? What really matters? That's what we want to talk about on this show, and we'll get right to it after this. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. (laughs) The funny part is, you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate geek to english for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with techlifebalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. I have been working with former show guest Ava Marquez, who is a starseed soul healer, and we have come up with Harmonic Convergence 333, and that's going to be this August 11th, at 111, and it's the 30th anniversary of the Harmonic Convergence. So that is, if you know numerology, the 333 behind the Harmonic Convergence. Our group on Facebook just passed 900 members. We've got a website. So look us up, Harmonic Convergence 333. Ava and I do Facebook Lives every couple of weeks on Wednesday night where we explore different topics. Our next one will be in two weeks, and it's on crystals. So you're welcome to join us for that and much more. Again, it's Harmonic Convergence 333, and we'll see you there. Today's guest is Paul Utica. He's the author of When Before the Fight. A talented artist at heart, Paul has a liberal arts degree as well as two national level fitness certifications and eight years experience as a personal trainer. He's been through what he calls very dark times and has come out the other side and dedicated his life to uncovering truth and his discoveries with humanity. He loves learning about energy, spirit, quantum physics. Yeah, you can tell why he's going to be on this show and honors all paths that lead to awakening. Paul's become a friend of mine, and I think you're going to enjoy getting to know him too. Welcome, Paul. Hello, hello. Hi, thanks for taking time to be with us today. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I know. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Because as I've said, these are unscripted conversations. So I never know until we're in it where we're going. But I do like to start on a more personal note, kind of getting to know the person that I'm interviewing. So you mentioned that you had some very dark times and then had an awakening of sorts. Can you take us through some of that, what that looked like for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So I guess we could start, you know, when I was very young. I, you know, my father actually passed away when I was three years old uh, and mom did her best job to to raise me. And but I just didn't have a whole lot of boundaries. um, And I I was very spoiled. Uh, (laughs) She's a great she's a great mother. I love her so much. And but she just really overloved me, I think. And uh, I needed that male figure at a young age to kind of give me some structure. Um, but we can fast forward a bit and, you know, uh, got into drugs and alcohol when I was 16 um, and just rode that party bus for about 10 years. And I didn't really have any idea of what real life was about. I was just having a good time. You know, I was, I was, it was like a, I was in college for 10 years, you know? <laughs> hey, I did the um, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, after that, that 10 year, you know, stint, um, you know, within that time I had gotten arrested numerous times, um, you know, been, uh, got a, a DWI, you know, other charges. Um, we did a lot of street racing and I was just hanging out with, you know, uh, not a good crowd. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I decided to, to turn myself into a a drug rehab, you know, and, and I got myself, um, together and and did that. And it was a month, uh, recovery center in Kerrville, Texas. Um, and then, you know, after that, um, I my eyes opened up because I didn't realize that, you know, there was so much more to, to existence and, and you know uh other than what I was currently doing yeah and um well when so we're in I, that party we don't know what we don't know right and then we wake up and go oh my gosh how did I get to be mid-20s and half my you know what have I been yeah. doing with my life right yeah yeah and and so it was a huge awakening for me um coming out of a recovery center and then uh kind of building my life at age 26 I had to really start building it you know and there's a term in, in addiction. They say, you know, once you start active addiction, um, you stop growing mentally. So if that was true, you know, at 26 years old, I was mentally around 16 or 17. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, so after I had that experience, um, I just really started to appreciate myself and I started to really love myself. And that led me down a road of discovery, and then also looking for answers to things that people don't tend to look for answers to. They just go with what they're told, you know, and I felt like I wanted to build my life the way I wanted to and and find my own answers instead of just listening to everybody else. Yeah. And just to clarify, because this show goes all over the world, we are in Texas. And so you know, yes. there's some neat dynamics to being in Texas, too, or some some very different dynamics to being in Texas. And <laughs> so I'm curious about your spiritual path, because you are a very spiritual person. Yeah. Was it religious? Was it anti-religious? Where were you at with all of that prior to, like, what we'll go into of more of your awakening? Yeah, so it's very interesting. My my, my spiritual journey is, is really, really unique. And I think everybody's journey is unique. And um, 
basically started when I was 18. I went to a non-denominational Christian church. And, um, you know, leading up to that, like in my childhood, I would go to churches, Methodist, Baptist, whatever. And, you know, I went on church ski trips and stuff like that. But when I was 18, um, I had just um, gotten into a relationship with this woman and it was my first love. You know, I was head over heels for her. And then four or five months into it, I found out she was cheating on me with another guy. It broke my heart. It sent me into a really, really dark place. And I was already in a, you know, not a great place. But a friend of mine invited me to church and, you know, I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll go because, you know, because you're asking me nicely, you know. And I get into church and and the pastor is, you know, introducing himself and welcoming everybody. And and uh, the next thing out of his mouth blew me away because he said, today's service is going to be about how God can heal your broken heart. And, and I like got goosebumps and I sat back in the chair and I was like, how does he know, you know? Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, at that point I felt spirit and, and I, you know, it was the Holy Spirit and, uh, I felt it. And, um, so from then on, uh, for about the next eight years, I was, I was a pretty devout Christian and, uh, you know, I became arrogant at, 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 a, at a time because I was like, you know, I was a Bible thumper and I was pointing fingers at people that didn't go to church, you know, and um, I had some really honest friends, uh, you know, that kind of showed me that and I didn't really realize it till later. You know, I did that for for about eight years and, you know, into into my recovery was um, the last final years that I was kind of a what you would call like a Christian or labeled a person, you know. Because I labeled myself as a Christian, and I, you know, I did that for that time. But when I got into recovery, I, I had to develop a, what they would call a higher power or something bigger than myself um, that I understood, me personally. And um, being a Christian, I was like, I don't know if I can do that because the Bible says this, you know. And <laughs> um, so that was a big step for me to take. But it was either it was either uh, sobriety and recovery or live the life that I was still living. So I wanted sobriety. So I had to do, you know, I had to make this, you know, and I had to develop my understanding of something bigger than me. And it would be okay to do that. So I'm surprised that you didn't just go to Christ is bigger than me and I give him my troubles. I've heard a lot of people do that living in the Bible belt. They just yeah. take their Christianity to that piece. But for you, it seemed like a catalyst to take you into something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and after I started being okay with developing a personal relationship to something bigger than me. Um, you know, and you, we call it God or spirit or source. It, 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 it gave me this unbelievable feeling of connection to every other living thing on this planet. And, and that shot me quickly so far away from religion. <laughs> and, uh, I was so happy on this new path. And then I started learning more about it. You know, and I started, if you could label me, I would, I would label myself a spiritual person. But when I started feeling that, that unity uh, and that love inside my heart, I couldn't, I couldn't label myself anymore, anything more than just a human. And, and I look at other people the same way. That's perfect. Yeah. And, and what, the oneness that you describe is such a big part of spiritual awakening. It was for me as well. Just, wow, we are really all connected and we think we're all yeah all single individuals and that's the illusion right that yeah. we come here for but it's it's an illusion so 
Well, and we talked before, I know that, and you mentioned in your book, so the Mankind Project had a role in your awakening. You want to tell me a little about that? Because we've had people on here like David Gruder, who's part of the consulting board over MKP at the national level. And I've heard great, we've had guests who've been through MKP. Tell me what it did for you and how that went. Oh boy, yes. MKP is amazing. And I I would suggest any any man to go through that program. You know, uh, it's it's something that will definitely change your life for the better. Um, it's a time where you get together with other men and, um, the men that have already done the, the program, you know, they lead you through your program and, and it, you know, it's not, it's not for drug addicts. It's not for alcoholics. It's not for, you know, people with addiction problems. It's just for, to become a better man, to become a better human. And, and, uh, it's, it's just amazing. And, you know, the, the transformation that you undergo, is 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 spiritual in nature i mean but you feel it at a physical level you know you just really you you leave there a changed man and and i don't think you can ever go back to the person you were before you or you went there can you think of like one specific thing that you're like wow mk really gave me a better insight on that or it really changed me in this way can you think of anything specific that made you a better man about mkp yes um so my confidence level it, it was just um, amazing. The, the level that I have now and, and the, the feeling that I have inside of me um, after that weekend, it was just uh, amazing. It really it really gave me this solid sense of who I was um, because, you know, some of the work that I did there, I was living almost in my father's shadow. And I never I didn't really know him because he was I was three when he died. And I don't remember him, you know, and I just know what people have told me. And, and that's just the, the image that I paint in my head and, you know, all the pictures I've seen. And, um, but I was, it was almost like I was living in his shadow because, uh, his passing had such an impact on my life. And, um, so after MKP, I was able to step outside of that shadow and almost like become my own man and, uh, you know, still appreciate my father and, and just, um, just love him, you know, where, where I was at. And instead of being like, Oh, poor me, you know, or this pity party that, you know, and that's how a lot of my childhood went because unfortunately my mom, you know, she would, she would go into the schools, you know, and tell the, tell my teachers, Oh, you know, he doesn't have his father. And, and it was almost like she wanted them to take, you know, special care of me. And, um, and so all that through my childhood, I was almost, you know, into adulthood, I felt like something wasn't right, you know. And so after MKP, I felt really good about me. And it just really um, kind of bonded me to myself. And, and uh, it, it was it was completely in line with where I was at in life, you know, and so it was it was amazing. That's awesome that things show up like that at just the perfect time. And we're like, okay, that's the next step in my journey. And we go in and, and it sounds like you healed some really deep old wounds. And that's, you know, I don't know if you mind sharing, but you're about to be a dad, aren't you? I am. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Less than a month. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. how has, I mean, you've kind of come full circle from I lost my dad real young and mom used to yeah. play the he doesn't have a dad card and get me pity yeah. and get me. So now you're going to be a dad. How is that affecting how you feel moving forward? Because you didn't really have that role model, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, but how exciting is it for me now? Um, you know, after I started getting my life together, I really, really started feeling for people, you know, and, and just 
wanting to help people, you know, and so that part of my writing my book was try to do that, try to give back something that I've learned or something that helped my life, you know, and it felt really good to do that. And so having the child now coming is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be fun. I mean, um, I'm the not ultimate nervous. guide. That's your ultimate guide role right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's funny because, you know, um, I don't have any kind of nervousness about it. I'm, I'm not scared. I don't have any fears. Um, you know, the fears came a little bit earlier, you know, uh, kind of like when we found out Brooklyn was pregnant, we were both pretty scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I mean, it's just such a, such a blessing. And, you know, when you think about how many people are trying and trying and trying to have kids or, or people that just weren't able to have kids, it just helps you look at things a little different and see how truly fortunate we are. Yeah. What a perfect thing that we ended up talking about on the weekend of Father's Day when your show's coming out. It all just ties together nicely, doesn't it? Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I can feel spirit moving right now, actually. Yeah, yeah, me too. I've got goosebumps. I love it. And of course, all of that was unintentional. So I never know where these things are going, but yes. turn it over to spirit and it goes better than I could plan it myself. So oh, let's yeah. talk about your book a little bit. You brought it up. It's a great book. And mm. you come through with a lot of knowings in there. So I guess I want to start by saying... How do you know all this stuff now that you didn't know before? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, after I after recovery and after I really started loving life and loving myself, I just I just got this curiosity, you know, and it was all centered around people's belief systems and and life and how how we're raised and the conditioning that we have, and I just wanted to know more about human beings, you know, and um, so I just, you know, every day I'm a, I'm a seeker, you know, and I just love to seek and I love to to find. Um, and I have a tattoo on my arm. It's it's four seven in Roman numerals, but it's um, Proverbs four seven. It says wisdom is the principal thing, and therefore get wisdom, and with all that getting, get understanding. And so for me, wisdom and understanding is the most important part of my life, and I value it very highly. And uh, so I'm always seeking, I'm always seeking wisdom. And so, you know, with all my seeking, I've found some things and, you know, and I kind of put those things into into my book. And, uh, you know, and I, I like to structure it on like a universal feel, like it doesn't matter what you believe, these things will help, you know, Um, because I don't want to separate anybody, you know, I don't want to separate him because he's Muslim or her because she's a Hindu you know, we're all one and there's certain laws of our universe that are working with us no matter what we believe in, you know? Yes, absolutely. Universal law. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Well, first you said something about wisdom and I want to distinguish between wisdom and knowledge. And I think what you've described so well is we gain this knowledge as we go through life, these facts, this information, whether it's downloads, intuition, stuff we read in books, And then we go through life and as we actually apply it, it turns into wisdom. And that's what you're describing is like, I went from all this knowledge that was in church and and doctrine and all of that. And I found a greater wisdom and wisdom is what we live. And you do share a lot of that in your book. So talk a little bit about these universal laws. What's your favorite part of your own book? Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, it's funny you ask that because I literally just went back and read it, um, uh, last week, and I hadn't picked it up for a very long time, and I, 
And I was reading it. I was like, Jesus, this is such a good book, you know? <laughs> you know? I mean, not everybody's going to think that, of course. You, you can't make everybody happy. But I was just, I was really impressed. And, you know, I think my favorite part um, is just how open, like, how open I am. I'm, and, and, like, my vocabulary is, like, eighth grade vocabulary. So don't, it's a very easy read. <laughs> you know? That's my favorite part about it, actually. <laughs> I like easy reads. Don't, I, I mean, having a yeah, nice yeah. vocabulary is good, but don't send me to the dictionary every two minutes or be so lost <laughs> in language. I don't get the point. It, you're very conversational, very conversational in the book. Yeah, yeah. My One of my friends that read it, I think he's m- my first uh, review on Amazon. He said it's, it's, it's almost like you're at a coffee shop and Paul is just talking to you. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that feel because... Um, the book that inspired me to actually write my book is is uh it's a book called what is it it's it's called I hope I screw this up um by <laughs> Kyle Cease and Kyle Cease used to be a comedian and now he turned motivational speaker and I love book, him by the way he's great yeah, that was awesome um but the way that he writes is just so free. It's just open. It's just free. He's like, oh, I feel this and I feel that. And and, and I don't really care if you care, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, wow, you know, I was so inspired. And, you know, he actually, he inspired me to do two big things in life. Um, one of them was write the book. And the other one was my trip to Africa that I went on last year. His book literally inspired me to do those two things. I I don't think I would have done those without reading his book. And it's a great read. And um, it's really amazing. One of the things inside the middle of his book, there's a there's a blank page on both sides of the page. It's blank completely. And as you read, he instructs you to uh, take the left side of the page and write down all the things that you want to do in life, right, that you're not currently doing. And my first one was trip to Africa. You know, and and somewhere in there I had write a book, you know, and, you know, make a million dollars, you know, find my soulmate, whatever. (laughs) And then on the right side of the page, he um, he instructs you to write down why you're not doing those things right now. And so trip to Africa, I said, well, I'm not making enough money or and then the next one haven't found my soulmate yet or, you know, make a million dollars. I don't know how, you know, and. And uh, as you go on to read, and I filled both sides of the pages up, you know, Um, and as you go on to read, he says, now, I want you to pay very close attention to me. He says, whatever side of the page you choose to focus on will cause the other side to completely disappear. And that blew my mind. And I was like, holy crap, you know, if I'm constantly thinking about I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, I'll never go to Africa. I don't have money or whatever. Then that's what it's going to cause those other things to just completely disappear. So I started living on the left side of the page and I've done some really big things within the last, you know, two years of my life. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And that's exactly why I love vision boards, because what we put up there and look at day after day is like, why am I not here already? I remember looking at my vision board one day and going, why don't I just go buy that? And I went and bought it. It's like, good grief. How many times am I going to stare at the picture before I let myself have that, right? So it's so true. Well, you know, you bring up a good point. So if somebody reads your book, like you can name exactly what inspired you from Kyle Cease's book. What do you want to inspire somebody to do when they read your book? Oh, wow. So I think my main thing is just to inspire people to live more authentically. 
And I think that would be the number one thing, like to be more real, more real with yourself, more real with God or source, you know, more real with, you know, if you're religious, be more real with your religion, you know, be real with others. And um, but most of all, be real with yourself. So devil's advocate, why? I want to look good. I don't want to be real. If I'm real, I'm not always looking good. I'm, I'm showing my vulnerable <laughs> weaknesses. And why would I want to go do that? I know. Isn't it crazy? Because, you know, we live in everybody lives in their own illusion, if you will. And it's like I want people to step outside of illusion, get into authenticity, because, you know, by living an authentic life, you're inviting the universe to work with you. (laughs) And like, why would you not want that? You know, why would you not want this great universe um, giving you the life that you want? It's so simple. Well, you know, you were a personal trainer and you're all still about fitness and health. And so isn't that part of just wanting to look good and put our best face out there and our best body out there? Where do you balance the looking good and the feeling good with the being real and it's not always pretty? How do you balance that for you? Oh, cool. That's an awesome question. Um, I love that you said that balance because um, in my book, I have a chapter. It's, it's titled, We Three Things. And the three things are mind, body, and spirit. And I talk up about balancing those things um, because you can't have one that is, you know, developed so much that you just don't pay attention to the others. And, and I, you know, physical health is a huge part of, you know, being balanced. You know, you have your body, mind, and spirit, and you have to really focus on each one of those Um, And I speak about that in my book, you know, you don't want to just develop your mind, you know, because you might sit on the couch all day, you know, and you're not moving your body Um, because you can sit on the couch and read books all day long, you know, and develop your mind. That's great. But if you're not getting up and exercising, you know, you're not, I don't think you're going to be completely healthy and happy. Balancing all three of those things is, um, is really kind of what I really want to also inspire people to do. Um, and, and you can't just have one or the other. You, you really have to get all three of them aligned and really start feeling that that inner peace that you get when you're when you're really focusing on all aspects of yourself. You know, that's not always easy. And you're, you're about to find out even more as you move into parenthood of, of a baby, you know, trying yeah. <laughs> to find the time and the energy to take care of the body and the mind mm. and the spirit and, and yeah. your family and work and all these things. I think that's where a lot of us fall short because we fall into old habits and patterns that put us right back out of balance again. So do you have mm. like some checks and balances in your life to help stay balanced or when you notice that you're going off track? How does that work for you? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. I, I, I think until you come to a place of, of peace of mind, um, then you're going to be um, balancing things, you know, and, uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, I've found like this place where I don't ever have to work on anything, but when you find like this balance and you have your off days, um, they don't, they don't last, you know, that you have an off day and then you go back to normal because the, the number one thing, we're all human still. So, you know, we can, we can attain the, the best peace of mind, but it doesn't mean we're going to keep it all the time, yeah. you know? Um, and so, you know, when I have off days, I, 
you know, I just come back to gratitude and, and then that's just, that's just the one, that's the one emotion that will always bring you back to center and that will always lead you back to source. If you can just find something to be grateful for. And, and I love nature so much, you know, I love being in the sun. I love being outdoors. And, um, you know, they say there's no greater concentration of God than when you're in nature. And I just love getting out in nature because you can feel that connection. And, and I speak a, a little bit about that connection in my book as well. But, you know, you, like I said, we're, we're human. We're going to have off days. Um, but I think keeping a positive mindset is, is at the forefront of, of what I do in life because, you know, we're, we're just a, a magnet. We're, we're just magnets, you know, and energy goes out and energy comes back. And whatever energy that we're giving off is going to come back to us in the exact same form. So positivity and keeping a happy mind is is really the most important thing. Absolutely. We are literally creating our reality moment to moment by what we're radiating. So you're absolutely right about positivity. Some people would call that rose-colored glasses. Some are like, oh, well, it isn't always all happy. How do you <laughs> stay positive? Yeah, well, I guess it's it's understanding that the profound impact that it has on your life and then just wanting the best life for yourself. And, and that, all that comes back to self-love. And, you know, if um, I think people, there's a majority of people that just don't truly love themselves in this world. And it's, it's very, it's disheartening because you see it every day, you know, people just give up, you know, and they just don't want to try, you know, and people don't know a lot of things, you know, about, the secrets to the universe, the secrets to a happy life, you know, and I want to share these things, you know, and I want to help people get onto a better track for themselves because we really, we can live the best life, you know, and, and we can do a lot of great things in this world. Yes, we can. So imagine for a moment that someone listening to this is not in your happy place and they don't know why they should keep bothering with it and they're discouraged. Mm -hmm. What do you say to them to get them to come back toward the right track? Oh, wow. That's good. That's good. Um, geez, hold on. Just hold on a little bit longer. <laughs> so, so change is inevitable, you know, uh, nothing's ever going to stay the same. And, and I, w I would invite people to look at the situation as the current situation. And that's, that's really all it is. It's, it's not going to stay like that. Um, and you can trust that 100%, you know. Um, so, you know, just think of something that makes you happy. You know, if, if it was your your grandma's sweet iced tea or, you know, the way your dad used to, you know, mow the yard on Sundays that used to make you smile. You know, think of something that just makes you smile. And you can get those chemicals in your body going towards a positive direction, you know. Release those endorphins, and, you know. And, they, and they've even shown that just smiling in and of itself releases those endorphins in your body and makes your body feel better. You know, uh, oxytocin, I think is, is the chemical that's released, you know, and when you give people hugs, just, um, think of something that makes you happy and, uh, realize that your current situation is that's only what it is. It's only your current situation. What a great response. I'm kind of surprised you being such a fitness guy that you didn't say, you know, go, go run or go walk <laughs> and you'll get those chemicals moving. But oh, yeah, that no, too, that's, right? That's great. Yeah, that's a great one, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably easier to get ourselves up off the couch and just try and find our way to a hug or a smile yeah. first yeah. 
Because a lot of times that's like the polar opposite. If we can't find our way off the couch, we're probably not going to walk out the door and go for a run. So <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. steps, right? Between the two. Right. Yeah. No, fitness has a, a huge role as well, though, on your happiness. And I, you know, I believe it does for me and I believe it can for everybody. Cause if you, if you feel good about your body and you feel good on the inside, you know, what you're eating, um, that's, that's profound. You know, that's, that's something that you're, you're proud of, you know, and you, you put the time and you put the effort into make something about yourself better. And then you can just, you, you can just kind of sit back and be like, yeah, you know, I, I, I love me, you know, that's why I did this. I love me. And uh, you can really connect to yourself. And then, you know, by doing so, you're actually connecting to source or to our higher power. You know, I want to confess something here. So I have... I have had kind of a love-hate relationship with fitness. So I went through the whole going to the gym all the time, eating all the right foods, drinking the fitness drinks, lifting the weights, getting the body. I had a really great body, but mm. I did it from a place of I'm not good enough unless I achieve this. Uh, I'm trying to be good enough and look good enough to, yeah. to get somewhere in my own scale of enoughness. And mm. I've met a lot of other people that do it that way. And they're very hard on their bodies. It's not loving. It's not gentle. And it's not, it's the opposite of healthy. Wow, so yeah. do you, do you encounter those people? I mean, I would just think that because of your background, you're going to attract a lot of people in the fitness community and we're not all yeah. coming from self-love. And mm -hmm. I actually went the other way, went, you know what? I'm not even going back to the gym. I'm going to play. Yeah. I'm done with working out and not feeling good enough. Yeah. So how do you set that stage or reframe that for people so that it can be more of a loving experience versus a harsh one? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And you're absolutely right about that because, I mean, you, you see it every day in the gym. People are in there and um, it's amazing. I don't know if I'm just attuned to it um, or if just because of my empathy, but I can literally see people that are in the gym that are broken on the inside and they're simply there just to fix something inside, you know, and yeah. it's, it's sad, you know, because the physical fitness is never going to fix anything inside of you. Um, it's almost like a bandaid maybe, you know, you just put a bandaid on it and you stop forgetting about the pain for a little while because your, your legs are hurting from your intense workout. Um, but you know, true authenticity comes from a place of being whole within yourself. Um, and so, you know, you, you can't substitute that. You can't, you can't think that you're going to go focus on weights and training and run a mile and then it's all going to go away because it's just a, it's just a bandaid. And, um, and I think a lot of society is like that. And then like you were mentioning, you know, working out because you felt guilty or because you just wanted to fit in. And, you know, it's, it's pretty bad for women these days because of what they do in the media and try to make you look like perfect or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's not about that, you know, whenever you're, whenever you're trying to be healthy, it's, it's all about just you being okay with the way you look and it, it doesn't, nobody else matters, you know, and as long as you're okay with that, then that's a great place to be. And just know that you can change your, your, your physical body is one of the things that you can change about yourself. So if, if there's ever a time in life where you're just not happy with what you look like, then you have the power to change that. And doing so from the the intention of self love instead yes. of, of of not being enough or not yes yeah it it makes all the difference in the world doesn't it mm -hmm. it does it's great I love it.
You would be fabulous at that, by the way, if you ever want to merge these two worlds together and help people who are trying to to come to life inside and outside together because it seems oh, wow. like the communities are, are apart, right? There's this, yeah. there's this health and fitness industry, this multi-billion dollar industry on trying to be enough and look great and feel yeah. great and all that. And then there's this, this other industry of trying to heal on the inside and, and those wow. two coming together would be so profound. That's, that's amazing. You know, actually I have an idea for um, a business model, you know, and I'm not going to say one day, because I, I learned how to stop saying one day, you know, you have to speak about things like they're going to happen or that they've already happened. So when I get, you know, this idea, it looks something like this. Um, basically, someplace where people can come and get body, mind and spiritual training all at one location. There is your calling, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Sign me up. I will be a member. We're in the same neighborhood. I can't wait till this place opens. We're going to yeah, put this city yeah. on the map, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think it would be so great, you know, um, and just to have like a, a place where, like I was saying, you know, one room, we have the weights and the training and the fitness and it's just, you know, balls to the wall, we're having fun, and you just come out of that room sweating, and then you go into the next room, you know, and it's a meditation room, and we're sitting in silence, and we're, we're talking, you know, about things that have to do with the mind, you know, and then learning some of the laws of the universe, like the law of attraction, or um, the law of polarity, or, you know, just going through those, and then maybe as you merge to the next room, which is the spiritual room, then we just, you know, speak about our source, you know, and everybody's different in that aspect. But how cool would it be to just sit there and honor everybody's connection to that place? Absolutely. It's the center for balance. We were talking yeah. about balance. You can get your one stop shop for balance. I like that. <laughs> I wanted to touch on something that we mentioned because I think it's been a neat aha for me. So that talking about it as if it's already happened. Yeah. It, that comes from the the whole idea that we've made time up anyway. And yeah. so it it isn't real. And what is going to happen is the same thing as what's already happened mm -hmm. because there is no such thing as time. So I used to think I was like trying to convince myself that it's going to happen by saying it already happened. That isn't mm -hmm. how it works at all. It's yeah. speaking about what is because it has already happened. Yes. <laughs> and that's really not easy for the mind to get around, but it's a cool principle, isn't it? It's great. And, you know, it's funny. That's that's how a lot of the principles or the universal laws work. It's like they seem so simple that we can't wrap our minds around them or we just don't believe them, you know, because it's like I, I just don't know how to explain it. But, when, you know, it, it, people just have a hard time wrapping um, their heads around the fact that they're creating their lives, you know, like everything that they do is making the next day and the next day and the next day, you know, and to know that we have a big part in our life creation, you know, is just an amazing thing. And um, I would I would love to just invite, you know, more people to, to understand that. Well, they can read your book and get a good start, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun, and I like to wrap up my interviews by asking if you have a parting thought that you'd like to leave with listeners with today. Oh, wow. I mean, thank you so much for having me, and um, I'm, I'm super excited um, for my book to get into the hands of, of the people that 
it's going to get into the hands of. <laughs> uh, I'm just excited for that. And, and um, you know, it, it's been uh, such a great journey for me. And I, and I look forward to to uh, sitting down with a chat with you again sometime. And, uh, and uh, that's it. Great. Thank you so much. This has been fun. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show, be sure and get on our mailing list. You'll learn about upcoming guests and events at journeyofpossibilities.com. And while you're there, drop me a note. Give me some candid feedback about the show. Have a great week and we will see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.